Okay, guys, welcome to another WMBF UK podcast. You're here with myself, Leon Mitchell, WMBF Pro. And today I've got a special guest. I've got a female bodybuilder in the building, which is a rarity for us. Okay. So I have Layla Daniel in the building. Layla, how are you doing? I am very good, thank you. Very excited to be on. Very excited to get talking about female bodybuilding. Good, good. Uh, I think this one's going to be a classic. Um, there's going to be a lot of gems, a lot of takeaways for a lot of people here. So let's kick this off by finding out who is Layla Daniel. Oh, that's a hard question. Um, number one, foremost, female bodybuilder. Um, uh, that is that is that runs my life. My life is bodybuilding, and everything else kind of fits in around it. That is me encompassed. So um, it gives me structure to my life. That's it. Oh wow! Oh wow! So yeah, yeah. yeah but no, but I know I know there's more about you because I look. I was looking at your Instagram. All right, so your Instagram says that you're qualified in um, is it geoscience, right, or geo yeah, something, I've, right? So tell me a little I bit about that. A lot. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because that yeah, is so, you. That is true. That is true. Uh, so I have a master's in geoscience. So technically, uh, you could call me a geoscientist as well as a bodybuilder. Wow. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of something I fell into from college and then pursued it in my undergrad um, and then just kind of narrowed it down even more into geoscience when I went and did my master's at UCL. Uh, it was a couple of years ago now, but it's something that has just always been of interest to me. Anything remotely related to the environment uh, and then kind of just like burrowed into that niche of geoscience, which actually isn't that much of a niche. It's really quite broad and you can apply it everywhere. But uh, it, when you say it, it sounds like a niche. So um, I guess I really like my niches. Uh, bodybuilding and geoscience what a combo <laughs> it is a, it is an extremely um you know um a, a good combo to have so how did how did you get into your your bodybuilding or where did bodybuilding or fitness kind of come in beside what you was actually studying for yeah so um bodybuilding never really had anything linked with my studies at all I mean like I did like the usual PE GCSE at school and all of yeah. that and I wasn't into bodybuilding back then I was um, actually, I played more football and weirdly squash. Okay. Um, I played those two, but I've always been athletic, always done sports, always been on like sports teams throughout. Yeah. Um, but when I went to uni, there wasn't like anything for me to do there. There weren't really any kind of teams, like women's teams mm. for anything other than football. And I just did not make the cut. I was not good enough to be <laughs> really competitive. That's, yeah. the, that's the honest kind of truth of it. And um, I ended up like not having, because I couldn't do football like for the number one team, I'm so competitive. And I was like, well, I'm not doing it if I can't be the number one team yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of fell into this awkward pitfall of being in first year living on campus and then having my lessons on campus and having everything on campus and only going out to like get my food and go out yeah. um, so I wasn't moving I wasn't doing any kind of like I didn't train back then I was kind of just like I wasn't doing any like training for the sport I was doing because I wasn't doing any sport mm-hmm. um, so I kind of figured like I went on a field trip once because I was doing like physical geography geology kind of thing went on a field trip early on in first year and I was like I am wheezing going up a hill this is a problem let's maybe (laughs) maybe go to the gym and I'd never really been to a gym before and I just kind of walked in with no kind of understanding of what to expect no expectations no preconceived ideas of it just went in and uh, it was really divided it was like the upstairs was the cardio kit and the downstairs was all of like the machines and stuff and the weights what you can get in like a uni campus gym so it wasn't anything big it was the university of brighton but it wasn't the sports campus i'll just say that (laughs) um so i went in and i walked upstairs that was where the entrance was and i was like this is this is not what i'm about okay we'll give this a go uh played on the cardio kit and then i went downstairs and i was like this is a playground 
this is literally like a playground in the best kind of way and like unbeknownst to me I was literally the only female in the gym and I it didn't bother me I have no qualms with being like the only female in the gym it didn't like it wasn't a thing I didn't like you hear stories of people being like oh it's really like male dominated and intimidating Mm -hmm. or like not positive things and I just kind of had a at the boss of the time playing with this kid it was literally like I was playing (laughs) and I had no idea what I was doing but I was just enjoying it and I was like you know what this is really cool I'm I'm gonna go downstairs every time I go to the gym and I'm gonna kind of figure out like what this is all about and fell into like learning about I guess not so much strength training but just like about hypertrophy in general and it was really like the concept of being strong has always fascinated me and like been like what I aspire to be like as like a strong, this is such a stereotype, but independent female, you know, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the concept of being physically strong as well as like mentally strong and all of that is just very appealing to me. And I, because that was appealing, I think I gravitated towards the bodybuilding side of things because it's a, a visual representation of your physical strength, yes. not so much the powerlifting side of things. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, I don't particularly mind what I can lift. I just like to know that I can, physically look like I lift it that's very superficial but um it's just uh, it, I just gravitated towards that naturally and educated myself more and more about it as I went through uni as I did my master's and then even after now like predominantly my life is based around like doing people's nutrition and training and and a lot of powerlifters in my life apparently but um that is kind of where I've ended up um and just pursuing more and more education about bodybuilding literally nice. it Nice, nice. I think a lot of people start from the exploration kind of, um, you know, journeys where, you know, they enter the gym, they start on the cardio and then work their way around yeah. into, you know, um, weight training. And then from there, it just grows and grows. So that's really yeah. interesting. I know. So was there any kind of like, obviously, you said that you just like to empower yourself with getting much more knowledge in terms of understanding hypertrophy, how best to kind of set up your training routines, etc. You know, mm. I'm, I'm guessing you was just using just like the internet. You didn't have a coach back then. It was just all. Yeah. Just, where, so, where, where was you getting your information from then? All sorts. So like my background is really science-based and like mm-hmm. a fair bit of it is like, well, I'm going to say a fair bit of it's like biological sciences as well as like the not so biological side of things. So like it came naturally to me to kind of go find the information. Like as a uni student in first year, I don't know if a lot of people can like, this resonates with them but I was broke I was absolutely all of my money went on my rent and my fees and then like fit on food and that was it yeah. like I could barely afford to go out because I was on like I was on poverty uni student fees that's it yeah, yeah. Um, so I I didn't have the means to have a coach and I kind of I wanted to learn myself so I had access to the entire university library being a student so I was like yeah. I can access everything whether it be geoscience related or not so I had access to there I ed- educated myself through like not so much YouTube to be honest and it wasn't so much influencers either I, it was very like published material mm. kind of that I educated myself on I'd yeah. go off of like points that people had made and then find the material that backed that and then understood the concept behind it yes um so there were a few individuals that I really like did look up to who were science-based like some of them like um Scott Stevenson which I really like hold up highly is like one of the people that has directed the way that I've tried to learn about bodybuilding mm-hmm. yeah. and um another huge stereotype um Jordan Peters uh, yeah. is one who I like looked up to like way <laughs> back in like I'm gonna say like 2016 2015 era yeah um and uh, those two are like two big names that I kind of like focused on how they looked at things and tried to like do similar myself mm-hmm. um with like the science-backed work and all of that um and then just kind of fell down different rabbit holes of knowledge and just like tried to plant more roots in like what I knew 
yeah. um, and did a lot of guinea pigging with myself, like just try things, test them, see if they work, if they don't, what works for me. Um, and that took a while. Um, and I think that's, the, yeah, that's predominantly how I've educated myself. I've never had a nice. coach or anything like that. Yeah. Um, just because I do like to to fully understand what's going on and why it's going on. And I like the concept of me being a science experiment kind of and having full control of all of the results and the variables. Mm -hmm. um, you can almost gamify bodybuilding if you think about it. Like you can make it a science experiment, but you will also make it a game. Like there is achievements to be unlocked. Yes, um, yeah. So it's, it's very satisfying viewing it with those two kind of combined. Yeah. Um, that is just, yeah, how I like to run it. That is an interesting perspective of how to look at it, you know, and I think, uh, you know, that is, you know, certainly one way that will help you to kind of keep, stay focused and, you know, just make sure you do what you need to do in order to get to where you get to. Because obviously a lot of people say, hey, yeah, I want to get into bodybuilding, but that's what they want to do. But they're not quite sure. OK, well, what are you, what's the next level you're going to take it to or yeah, how far yeah. you can go with it? So tell me about when you decided to kind of feel, OK, cool. Maybe I feel like, um, you know, I'm making a little bit of progress here. I want to mix it up a little bit. I want to try something new. When did the whole competing side of things come into it? Um, you know, was that so, just someone in the gym think, saying to you, oh, you like you could do well in this? Yeah. Or was it just more of your self-exploration kind of face? So that was actually, I never considered competing until maybe a year after starting to train. Um, oh. And it was a comment, ironically, it was a comment from someone in a, a local gym to where my parents live. I was just back at home from uni and I was training. Mm doing a I think it was like a shoulder session or something and someone made a comment saying like you'd actually make a really good women's physique competitor but you have really narrow shoulders and I'm sorry to say you're always going to have really bad shoulders and I just I took it on the chin I was like right I know my <laughs> shoulders aren't great I know I am not not someone who looks like a bodybuilder yeah. but I aspire to be one and now yeah. I'm never going to forget that thank you very much <laughs> I have to now go be the best like I'm going to take up a notch, not for yeah, yeah, yeah. like women's bodybuilding. I want to be the best one, uh, mm. not purely because this person said it, but it almost spurred me on like spice is a powerful thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say my entire career has been powered by spice. It hasn't. It's my own aspiration to be the best that I can be and the best that like what I want to put out there. Yeah. Um, but that kind of like flicked a switch in my head. Someone almost telling me that I couldn't do it yeah, made yeah. me want to do it so much more. Um, so that's when I started to consider doing it. And then it, I think it was 2016, I did a competition, uh, a regional with the BMBF. Um, and that was my first comp. And actually the only comp I did because I, I got like an invite to the British and I was like, you know what? My physique is just not one that warrants going to the British. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. But I cannot showcase yeah. this at the and, British. And was, like, was, that, was that still as a bodybuilder or was that? Uh, that was actually as a. That was as a physique competitor because they didn't okay. do women's bodybuilding um, in that fed at that time. I think they yeah. do now, but um, uh -huh. it was the only, it was like the biggest class option. And I was like, okay. well, I want to be bodybuilding, but I have to compete as a physique competitor. Yeah. So um, it was no heels, no nothing like that. I treated it as bodybuilding, to be honest. I hit the bodybuilding poses, although I was told to change <laughs> them. Um, I know what I want to do, okay? Um, so yeah. yes, um, I did that. And I was like, you know what? Got back and I was like, okay, you've learned a lot from this. Yeah picked off you now need to grow because you are so small um so i took about i'm gonna say a five-year off season um straight all the way up until the supernatural event um yeah. and uh, that is why i think i've developed the idea of gamifying bodybuilding because it's what gets you through something like a five-year off season yeah. um and I, I would just never be satisfied with like the level of size i have um or, or yeah. like 
development I have in general um, mm. and I think that's just like a personal trait of mine I just will never be satisfied with that and I've, I'm absolutely fine with that because that's what pushes for progress yeah. um, but I wouldn't have competed like this year unless um, I had peer pressure and I did have peer pressure from a few people around me who were just kind of saying like well, you, you can't really, I'm bad for this, complain about the standard of women's bodybuilding in natural federations because I've had a lot of friends speak to me about switching over to assisted um, mm. and I have no interest in doing it um, purely because I, I see a trend of people saying that they take the sport very seriously, especially female bodybuilding, and then saying, well, the standard isn't very high in natural bodybuilding. I'm going to switch over to geared bodybuilding where the standard is really high or perceived to be higher. Yeah. Um, which then just leaves like a massive like gap for like no one is competing in this natural bodybuilding female group and mm -hmm. people are saying it's like dead or really quiet or the standard's not there it's like well compete there compete yeah. there raise the standard I'm not saying like I'm here to raise the standard I'm like well if I'm another body competing it's someone for someone else to compete against and for Indeed. two people to like push each other further yeah. even if it's yeah. just two people um, so that's kind of my take on it but yeah yeah, that's, that's um. That's that's quite an, it's quite an interesting uh, journey to the, the world of competing, especially with that five-year off-season. Like you know, that is a big, yeah. big off-season, and I'm going to come back to that later. But yeah, I think one of the key things for me that I want to know is obviously you talked about you know someone making a comment on um and saying that oh you you know with shoulders like that you had etc. So do you often get a lot of comments from guys? or you know other females in general about your you know whether that's in the gym outside the gym on social media etc about how you're progressing with your training because obviously you sound like someone that goes all out so I can imagine <laughs> you've been in the gym and, and some guys thinking oh my gosh she's actually working harder than me but then we still feel like they would have to say something so is that something that, that often happens to you? Yeah I mean I sound like a snob when I say this but I try to go to certain gyms where I know that people will not be like that um, I've had my period of time where I've gone to like commercial gyms and they have their value, but like going to independent gyms is the answer for me because generally speaking, independent gyms value like I'm going to say athletes who like to, who know what they're doing. They, yeah. they know that they want to push their sport to the limits if they want to or cruise along at a certain pace if they want to, but like they very much respect, like from my experience, what I'm doing. Um, there will always be people who have their opinion, whether they're male or female, it doesn't matter to me. I just, I actually pay zero attention to it. It's really, it's probably what's made it a lot easier for me, especially like picking natural bodybuilding as like the kind of on the spectrum of like female, like classes that you've got. It's yeah. probably the one that's most open to negative comments. Uh, that's just me like speaking from experience, but um, I don't, I don't do it for people who make the comments. So it, it, it's not really of any value to me whether they have anything to say. But I do I do have people like either double take or say something or feel the need to comment. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't I don't ever really pay enough attention to understand the reasoning behind it. But I'm like, I'm just here to do my training. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not really here to have a conversation either. Like once <laughs> yeah, I'm done with yeah. my training session, I'll yeah. speak to you. But like politely decline the conversation that you're trying to initiate um, and I'm going to go do my set um, or just big headphones. Big headphones yeah. usually. Yeah, the big, the big like, headphones, silence. Headphone. Yeah, silence oh, is yeah. a hard yeah. thing. Right? It's just basically it says, leave me alone, basically, with a big yeah. headphone, right? Exactly. It answers it um, <laughs> for them. Uh, and usually if you get the kind of thought who's talking to you with your big headphones on, you're like, you're, you're, I'm not talking to you. No matter what you're saying, you don't get this, this hint. Um, yeah. yeah, you're not worth talking to. Sorry. Um, 
so that's kind of my take on like people having anything to say i mean everyone will have something to say about the way i train yeah um but because it's a bit of a hybrid between like I guess it's it's a bit ignorant to say like stereotypical bodybuilding style training and stereotypical powerlifting training, but like I like to mesh a lot of different concepts of the two together mm-hmm. when I train. Yeah. Um, and it is a lot of it is all out, and a lot of it is kind of pushing the boat in terms of like recovery demands. But yeah. that is part of the what I enjoy so much, and I think what has carried me through a five year off season, the enjoyment of like the like relentlessly. progressive well like a pb on like a, a tricep extension is still a pb i don't care what you say like if the overall tonnage <laughs> is more counts. than last yeah, yeah, week yeah. Yeah. If i can recover from it i'm gonna take it so um <laughs> nice. yeah people have opinions but yeah. but then surely not really but surely you yeah. must also get the opposite as well as like a lot of female feeling a bit more empowered that they see you training and doing what you're doing yeah. how you hold yourself whilst you're doing your training and, and they feel like they must be saying to you hey love what you're doing and you must motivate a load of other women um to go in and just do I like to think so yeah I like to think so I mean if I'm honest I haven't had much feedback from women in general for like seeing me compete seeing Mm -hmm. me train I see the odd few people like in my gym training around me and it's that they only have nice things to say like all of the women around me when I train it's probably the gym I go to in the gyms that I frequent um they're all really positive and so supportive um, same with the blokes to be honest um, yeah. in the gyms that I go to at the moment but like um, I think people only really begun saying things like uh, about talking about empowerment and stuff very recently after seeing my stage shots they don't really mm. I don't know whether it's them seeing my physique leaner or whether it's them just not knowing I'm on the radar when I'm in my off season and I'm heavier I, I don't know what it is yeah. um, but maybe it's just more attention having done a show and actually reminding people I am a competitive bodybuilder um but yeah people do say like it's um it's more that like it's actually getting spoken about like women's bodybuilding is actually like a thing that people are talking about and that it's like Mm -hmm. absolutely something worth doing and that it's like chasing progressive things in the gym as well as like with your physique and is something worth doing that people are being very supportive about so I think think it's encourage it more it's that category that some people just don't consider because, you know, even some of the, the you know, the new talent that's coming into com- the competitive seasons, you know, there's often the bikinis, the figures, the, you know, the, the athletic um, figure and et cetera. All of those classes get the, you know, the big, the big highlights and then female bodybuilding is quite at the end. Right. And yeah. it's often kind of, you know, it's the earlier categories that most people just jump for. And, and, and less yeah. female bodybuilding kind of thing. So, but I will see that, I you know, I see that changing over time, especially when you've got people like yourself who are at the front of the forefront of that and, and really pushing those levels there. Because I think, especially on the natural scene, because that alone is really impressive. And, you know, when I saw you at the Worlds and we're getting to the Worlds later, but, you know, you held your own up there and you were just smashing it. So I think, you know, it was super epic to see that. And I think over time, we'll start to see, you know, those categories open up wider and people will start to consider female bodybuilding alongside your bikinis and your tone yeah. fingers and all of those ones. Because those categories are super busy when you go to these shows, right? Oh, yeah. There's how, how many Pack. bikini competitors? They're just rammed. But then yeah, I think it's yeah. education, right? That's what it is. It's just because when a lot of people are competing for the first time, they're unaware of all the different, you know, requirements for the different classes. So yeah. I think 
all the federations just need to do a little bit more work about educating people about finding their right fit, right? In terms yeah. of what category will fit better for their physiques and not for someone to then be doing a category just because, you know, that's the only one that's available and they fit in it and you like what you did and you was hitting bodybuilding poses. Yeah, <laughs> I have one, no you know what I mean? So I yeah. think you know, that's what I like about the WMBF UK is that it's opening up and there will be a lot more education around the various different categories. And hopefully we get people in the right places where they need to be, right? Absolutely. I think there's like um, an odd misconception about female bodybuilding, especially in the natural world. Like I know that in the geared world, it can be taken to extremes like far much more just because you have the like the chemicals to assist. Right. Um, In the natural world, I like to think of female bodybuilding as like I want it to be like classic physique is for the men's in the Olympia currently, like almost overtaking the the concept of like the mass monsters in um, like bodybuilding. But like women's bodybuilding in my eyes is the same like level of aesthetics as men's classic physique in in the olympia like the same as like how men's bodybuilding theoretically and natural bodybuilding looks like classic physique just because of the nature of the sport like i i do want women's bodybuilding to have like the same amount of flair and attention and like aesthetics but also the same level of like pushing for size once you have that as men's classic bodybuilding uh, classic physique in the olympia um, so it's, it's something that's quite hard to push because I know that that is also a niche in terms of people who want that physique like it's that's the hard thing about women's bodybuilding it's more on the extreme end of the spectrum like every class is an extreme if you look at it like within its own parameters yeah. but because women's bodybuilding requires people to push further past the societal norms of what you'd expect a woman to look like yeah. um, there's far less than because well one I guess there's not a lot of people who want to look like that or if they do there's not enough like you said education about how to get to that there's also genetic components there's also like far more societal barriers to to feeling like that's acceptable um like I personally have no issue with looking like however I want I can walk around bald every day I don't care Um, but that's me personally like some people would like to look like that but don't know if their like friends and family will feel okay about it like this shouldn't be a question it really shouldn't be but like that is the reality of it whereas if you go into something like bikini it's far more accessible in the sense that like a lot more people have heard about it there's a lot more education about like the the, like class requirements in general um and it's a lot more like it's not pushing the extremes of visually what you look like other than within the parameters which are more like socially accepted Yes. Um, whether that's right or not like there's nothing wrong with bikini at all I'm just saying it's not right for people to think that female bodybuilding is like some weird like freak show it's it's literally just more muscle yeah. uh, in my eyes it's just more muscle <laughs> more condition um, that- and I just think it's like fun to push it to the extreme like why why would you not want to do it but people don't know about it they yeah. just think of like old school like they think of Iris Kyle as soon as someone says female bodybuilding, <laughs> they think of Iris Carl. And I'm like, she yeah. is an absolute yeah. goddess. Like, I don't care what anyone says. She is phenomenal. There's a reason she won the Olympia 10 times. Yeah. But there's also a reason that they took female bodybuilding out of the Olympia. Um, mm. So, you know, it, it doesn't help female bodybuilding if, like, the pinnacle of the sport, even in the geared side of things, is taking away female bodybuilding, has only just reintroduced it. Like, it doesn't help. Like from higher up, if people like the WMBF are supporting female bodybuilding, that only helps filter down through to like my level and like people who are starting out. So it's just really refreshing to see a federation support it so much and like having sponsors come through and support the, the class as well. Like I know historically that it's always the case that bikini and figure get the big sponsors and the big names because they, it just fills more seats. 
mm-hmm. but the more awareness you get for bodybuilding, the more seats it fills and the more sponsors there will be supporting the athletes that are pushing the limits on that class. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a catch 22. It's got to, someone's got to start somewhere and someone's got to also follow round with that. So hundred percent. And I think you touched on something really good. It's again, you know, it's all about having, you know, a lot of people do look for that support from the people around them as well. So how was it for you with obviously your choices of you going into bodybuilding? It sounds like your family are very supportive of what you do because you come from a very sporty background. So I guess your family just used to getting behind you for whatever sports you do, right? Um, how important is it for you to have, you know, your family just kind of, you know, support you and guide you and to, to be there with you alongside your journey, watch your, you know, doing what you're doing? So I would say it's important because I value like my family's opinions and uh, kind of like their blessing almost. Uh, but I will always do what I want to do. So like when I started out, it was always my mum being like the stereotypical, like, oh, are you sure you should eat that much, that much protein? Is that OK? Like you're eating five yeah. eggs. Is that all right? And it's like, that's a lot of chicken, Layla. Um, but like ultimately, it's just it's with good intent. It, it's for care that they, they say those things. Um, and I've educated myself enough to be confident in saying I'm not hurting myself. I, I feel really rough. I'm dieting, but I'm not dying. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's important that they kind of like back it in that sense and they're not like overly negative about it. But other than that, it's, it's mainly my sisters that are like my support in terms of my family, because like we're very similar in age and we all do strength sports. Well, one sister's a, a figure athlete, well, a mix of different classes, athlete, bodybuilder. We're going to say female body. Well, bodybuilding as a whole across the classes yeah. uh, and then one is a powerlifter so because we're all very similar in age we all actually started training for our sports and kind of classes at a very similar time yeah. uh, we used to train together for like years and years um and obviously got our own routines now but like we still do train together very often and support right. each other in like the decisions we make and like a lot of the the calls that i made in prep were like backed by my sisters being like yes this is the right decision like a second eye kind of thing and a third eye um so yeah that that's very important I think they play more of a role than like the rest of my family do yeah yeah um but solid support system that you got there especially with all the disciplines there but then they all lead on to each other which is really really nice and as you said you got that you know three three levels of of perspective to help you to guide you and push you in the right direction and I think that's when it comes to family it's a case of educating right so you know you're always going to get curious mum or mum that's in protective mode but it's all about educating mum right so say mum you know by me this you know you bring her on the journey I think that's the best thing to do when you have your family and friends and they're not on the they don't really know too much about bodybuilding but you've got to educate them in order for them to come along the journey with you and for it to be a smooth ride and for them to see that you're hey you're okay you might just be grumpy and and moany but you're you're doing okay so I think that's really important to have so a little bit about you know you know your approach to prep um going into the WMBF UK show because obviously you came from a five-year off season (laughs) And again, I'm going to emphasize this again, guys, five-year off-season. So Leila wants to put on a lot of science, all right? So talk to me about your approach. Was there a game plan? You must have been eating a load, you know. Yeah, I don't think I really had a single diet in that five-year period. Um, (laughs) There there were periods of, like, pulling back a little bit purely to, like, accommodate for, like, changes in lifestyle or, like, changes in like my digestive ability Mm -hmm. um, but uh never really a diet so like it was literally five years of just getting stronger and like also heavier um also bigger which was great um and I just 
I'm absolutely in it for the long game. Like I said, at the very start of the five years, I didn't know it would be five years. Yeah. I just said, I need to get bigger. Yeah. Uh, until I'm big enough to warrant calling myself a female bodybuilder, I will not step on a stage, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be me deciding it, my peers deciding it, even speaking to like someone who's directly involved in like a judging panel deciding it. Like I was very open, but I went in knowing that I want to, my goal is to be the biggest female bodybuilder who's in the natural world to exist, like out of ever, like not currently, not out of this year that's competing, just ever. Um, and I stand by that. That is my goal. Um, but knowing that I knew that it would not be a one year off season. No, it wouldn't be, Oh, I'll, I've competed 2016. I'll just compete 2018. Yeah. Um, I knew that it would be longer than that. So I kind of just went in progressively training, educating myself more and more eating progressively alongside that. And, uh, I did end up eating a lot. Yes. Uh, but I'm just, I have food. a huge, obviously food, talk to me about the food, because obviously you had to eat more right and and this is a, a often a struggle for a lot of people to understand okay cool you're going to need to consume a little bit more calories in order to hold that weight right so how, how what was your approach around that so it was very science-based I'm going to say like I'm I'm quite logical in my approach to everything training I'm not very like I don't get in my head purely because it's like well it's black or white it's this or this mm-hmm. and if you don't know if it's this or this you need to find out so your goal is to find out no matter whether it's right or wrong you're, you're moving forwards um, so it was literally a matter of like figuring out the numbers of where I was at and then just like logically just going increase this okay that worked well increase this did it work well again a lot of trial and error because it was because I've never had a coach and I like never had had one previously to like learn off of it was just me applying science that I'd found mainly on the internet through published articles all of that um, and applying that to myself and finding what worked writing that down literally everything is written down it's insane like my logbook is like my I'm not gonna say diary because I don't like write dear diary here are my feelings I write my logbook I write like you know the date what I weigh in at what my macros are how many hours sleep I've had it's, it's all very like pen and paper based I track everything like online but I like a pen and paper to record everything about training food sleep everything um so very science-based very data collection based um, and that meant that it was very easy to quantify like where I was at. So I could look back and be like, well, you know, a year ago I was eating this and now I'm eating this. I'm five kilos heavier. That's to be expected. I need to eat progressively like, oh, my weight's dropped this week. Like actually now it's two weeks in a row that it's dropped. I really need to eat more, you know, um, things like that. And then you, you pick up on patterns that work really well for you. And like you notice things that are going on. If you control as many variables as possible and then just have like one that you change every so often, it is literally a science experiment. And with five years of science experiments um, on yourself, you have a lot to work with. So it it becomes quite easy, um, especially if you know that like you figured out what works. Mm -hmm. Um, Like once you get like a a golden secret source of like the combination of things you need to get going, you just go at it like like nothing else Um, because you know it works. You can just go ahead with full conviction knowing that it is the right direction um and that is a very nice position to be in um and obviously life gets in the way but like if you know what works like you can make it happen um i think that's what kind of i was chasing it sounds like you made a very productive um use of that five-year off season and obviously got you into a nice position go leading into when you decided to you wanted to go and compete right so mm. once you said okay cool wmbf uk show's coming up okay i want to drop the hammer i'm gonna get into this one you know, talk to us about the, the prep leading into that. You know, how many, how much time did you give yourself and what was the protocol that you put in place for it? Yeah, so it was actually quite turbulent. So I got pretty unwell. Um, I think it was 
was it this January? Yeah, this January, I got pretty unwell, had to go to hospital, emergency surgery and all of that. I lost about 10 kilos um, over, I'm going to say three weeks. Um, it was like a lot. Um, so I came to January time. I was like, I committed to competing in 2021 around like end of November, early December. Then yep. I got hit with this and I was like, well, I'm not going to back out. I'm going to deal with what I've been given, but oh my goodness, I need to eat up because I've just lost 10 kilos. I cannot diet from this point. This is abysmal. So I actually dieted slightly later than I'd originally wanted to because I knew I was carrying a lot of excess body fat. The sacrifice that I'd made at the expense of like kind of wanting to, to gain as much muscle as possible, I did not want to sacrifice any time. So I was like, I will just get a bit fat and I will diet down because yeah. um, everything is temporary when it comes to that. I don't care if I get a bit chubby as long as I can gain muscle and partition nutrients like effectively. Mm -hmm. um, so I just ended up dieting. I think it was about a month or two later than I wanted to start. I wanted to start around March. Yeah. Um, but then I ended up starting around like April time because I just had not gained back the weight or any kind of fullness. I just looked like a different human being, obviously, yeah. after losing 10 kilos through just not training and being unwell. Mm -hmm. So um, that was when I started dieting and it was a complete unknown. So I'd spent all of those five years learning how to grow because yeah. I knew the secret sauce. I knew how to make it work, uh, but I hadn't spent those five years dieting. So I was like, OK, well, I know I can really push to kind of the ends of the spectrum when I'm eating up and when I'm like training and recovery abilities yeah. like I can really push that but when I'm dieting I don't know how how I respond to certain things it's very much like this is now going to be another science experiment with <laughs> no background data yeah so I was like having to try different things having to kind of play with the idea of putting like either cardio in early or late or like how far I could push my like keep my training exactly the same because like the, the way I train is like pretty rough I'm gonna say it's like it requires a lot of work in terms of like my ability to recover yeah. um just because it is like it's essentially balls to the wall 24 7 mm -hmm. um that's the fun of it but like it, it was like a learning curve in how to adjust that would I need to adjust that when I was prepping would I not turns out I didn't really need to until like the last like two three weeks when I was like a shell of a human uh, or so it felt like um Turns out RDLs are not fun when you're really skinny. No, they're not. Um, but it was it was a massive learning curve. So like I knew that going into it, I knew I had started later and that I was at a really high body fat percentage, like with respect to where I wanted to start. I knew I'd start relatively high because I knew I'd have a massive amount of time to diet down. It was like all the way until October. Mm -hmm. But um I committed to the fact that like I would diet down and push it as hard as I wanted to without causing any long-term damage. And the condition that I hit at that point would just be the condition I was on stage at. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of at peace with that because I know that, like I said earlier, I'm in it for the long haul. Like one show isn't going to be at the end of my career. Like, OK, if you show up one year and you look rubbish, well, oh, you best do better next time. Like I'm not going to get like in my head about it. It's not an emotional thing. It's just, well, you applied this and it didn't work or you need eight more weeks, etc. Um, like so that's the position. Thinking the way how you keep talking about your your approach to how you you know how you look at you know things and how you do it because you're basically you're saying okay cool everything's a learning ball you know what I mean everything we're gonna learn from so yeah. whether we hit it right we hit it wrong we take away the plus we we document the whole thing and we just progress to that next stage until we hit that end goal which is you know it's, it's not often heard because everyone's like okay you know what they put all their eggs in one basket and they want to just chuck it for one show and then when it doesn't happen they just pretty much just say okay cool that was it. 
kind of thing. But yeah. you're consi- consistently learning and consistently developing, you know, the way in which your your approaches are executed. And, and it's just, it's just, it's amazing to hear that. So, yeah. So as you got closer to the show, you know, how was you feeling when the show was coming up? Did you know that, okay, cool. Yes, female bodybuilding is going to be the category for me. I'm looking forward to rocking it. Um, oh, yeah. What, what was you feeling in that lead up to the show? Yeah, so I knew that female bodybuilding was a class I wanted to do, like from before even deciding that like I wanted to compete with WMBF. Like I literally knew that like from the start of the five year off season, female bodybuilding is where it's at because everything I did was tailored towards that. Yeah. So I was quite, um, I didn't really know what my physique would look like underneath all of my chubs. Yeah. Um, it was really, really odd to see how I'd ended up. And it was very, very satisfying to see that I had grown a set of shoulders. It was really good to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, like everyone that, around me was like, the guy that you... made comment can do one then, right? <laughs> Absolutely. He can, he can suck it. He, he, <laughs> he, I hope he, I hope he hears this. or I hope he's seen <laughs> stage shots. Like I know who he is. He probably doesn't even remember making this comment less him. It was probably well-intended, but it has stuck with me and it will forever. My shoulders will never be big enough. <laughs> um, but it was really nice to see like certain areas of my physique that I had like really worked on bringing out have, had like developed uh, mm. more so than I even realized like I thought like look my legs are like hold I'm gonna say like a good good amount of my body fat is on my legs yeah. typical typical like female like structure of where I keep my body fat mm. um and I was like look my legs I best not be top heavy I better not be top heavy this would be really embarrassing if I look like a men's physique athlete and yeah. I'm a female bodybuilder like I'm meant to have a set of legs that I'm meant to show I've yeah. got to show them like I don't get to wear board shorts and like <laughs> I need to show this so that uh that was something I was worried about but like turns out like my quads grew more than I realized and like there was a lot more down there than I thought that there was in terms of like development so that was good um and just like seeing how my physique like kind of I could see more going on um was was really satisfying and like I, I felt like I was looking more and more like a female bodybuilder Nice. And obviously there's things that you're never satisfied with. And I was like, oh, I just want a bit more here, a bit more there. Like yeah. already I was like, oh, off season, adding these things in or off season. No, I need, I need way more of this work and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And one thing that I kept getting told through my entire time growing uh, was stop training your arms. Stop training your damn arms, your biceps and your triceps, just <laughs> overpowering your, your shoulders that are already not great, right? Um, and it was great to see that my arms actually looked halfway decent and weren't too overpowering for my physique. That was a concern I had, but I refused to stop training them uh, purely because I'm stubborn. And also because like, no one likes string bean arms. Everyone likes big arms. So like, why is female bodybuilding different? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a weird one. Uh, stop training arms. Mm, okay. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I'll say that that was mainly figure athletes telling me to, to do that. So like, you know what? They're all about shoulders. So I'll allow that. Um, wow. But yeah, so that was um that's kind of how it went in in going into like the, the final couple three weeks I came to like the realization and the acceptance of the fact that I was like that my condition's not going to be there like nothing is going to magically pop out of three weeks like I will push it and I will push it really hard um but not like it, it's it can only work so fast right like you can't literally starve yourself like you can't be like I just won't eat yeah, yeah. like that's, that's not gonna happen that's not how it works so um I mean, it felt like that, but um, yeah, just pushed it as much as I could, um, ramped everything up as much as I could and just went, look, this is the stage condition that I'm going to hit. That's it. Um, I did think there would be other competitors. Like for some reason, I was under the impression that there'd be like one or two girls there as well. Unfortunately, there weren't. So I was like, 
this is a lot easier. This is a lot easier now. Yeah. I just get to stand on the stage and flex. So talk to me about how you felt, obviously, being the only competitor, because sometimes you could go to a show, right? And depending on how many people in your class, it's, you could be the only one. You know, it's not all yeah. guaranteed that you're going to have a lineup of about five or six of you or even more. So how did that feel exactly. when it's only just you won? Did you feel like, OK, cool, I've achieved what I wanted to achieve by getting to stage and that was enough for you? Or was there more of a hunger for you to then go on and compete where you could test your physique against other people? How did, how did it make you feel as a competitor? Yeah. So it was it was a little disappointing, um, purely because I knew that I wouldn't be able to compete with someone. So I'm quite competitive. I like to like if my goal is to be the best female bodybuilder out there, the biggest one that they've ever seen. I need to compare myself to someone. I can't just look back at a photo of like who was the world champ for like however many years in a row and just be like, I think I look bigger than them. I need to be able to stand on a stage and beat people to show that I'm better than that selection of that year. And then I need to be on that stage to be compared to those physiques so the judges can give me the feedback and be like, yes, actually, that was a pretty decent showing. Because if you're by yourself, it's really, really hard to judge perspective of size. Yes. Um, like it's, you, you just look like a physique. Whereas if you compare yourself to like two or three others, you can get an idea for like, oh my goodness, that person has actually humongous hamstrings. Look at the other guys. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit frustrating because I feel like I really like whilst my condition wasn't there I really nailed my peak in terms of like at least the evening show um which was like complete like the science was there and the theory was there but it was trial and error in the sense of like I didn't have a practice peak because I was not conditioned enough to practice that so <laughs> it was like going in blind just applying the science exactly um and it worked pretty well um so like that was frustrating that I couldn't showcase that and compete against anyone but I knew that if I wanted to be the best in the world, I knew that I would have to win this anyway. Yeah. Um, so like, I knew that I came in there like showing the best I would have. And like, I knew that I'd just go to the world and just showcase what I could at Worlds. Um, so I was like, that's fine. I just get to practice some posing, practice a show day. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the great thing about it. And I think they, they, you got brought back on with some of the guys, right? Um, in order on that show, correct me if I'm right or wrong there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I got brought on with the uh, short men's bodybuilding, okay. um, which was very nice of them. So at least you pushed some of the gents then on the stage then, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really nice of them. I felt almost disrespectful jumping in on like another class. Because um, like, I mean, it is the short men's bodybuilding, so it's like they're about my height yeah, and they yeah. were bodybuilders as well. But I was like, look, guys, I'm not here to like try to like <laughs> one up you. Like, I get it. Like, we are different classes. I'm just like it would be weird me doing a pose down like by myself yeah, yeah, yeah. um so i'm just going to join in and they were really nice about it they were great they were like they only had positive things today so that was quite the experience yeah i think that the WNBF uk show you know the supernatural show was definitely an experience and a half and i think that was in the forefront of you know the show is to make sure that everyone had an experience so whether you're in your class on your own it's all about making sure that you had an experience right so that's where I'm sure the guys would have then put you with the with a bodybuilding show just so you guys can just kind of still enjoy your stage time, right? So you didn't feel like you got yeah. less stage time compared to everyone else. Um, so Absolutely. the WNBF Supernatural show, obviously you was looking for a bit of competition, didn't really get the competition that you wanted. Then the Worlds presented itself. Talk to me about the decision to go to the Worlds. You, was you just like, yes, I can, I can now get that battle that I'm looking for? Yeah, so I was so torn because Worlds was like, in Vegas right mm -hmm. so I knew that like if I commit to this this is a big expense for me and I was like I want to be the best in the world 
uh, and it's like really short notice because I thought that there would be other competitors and I didn't know how I'd stack up to the competitors in the um, the Supernaturals in the UK. So I didn't know it was a guarantee that I would get to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wasn't 100% sure, so I hadn't organised anything. And when you're prepping, uh, thinking and organising is rough. Um, at least it was for me. So I was like trying to organise all of these like different tests for COVID, all of these flights, and I was committed to doing it because I was yeah. like, look, I'm going to do it. Like I've committed to prepping down um, mm-hmm. and I've dieted and I'm not going to diet for nothing. Like I will if it benefits my physique, but um, all of this time I've spent, I'm acutely aware that I have not been growing. Um, so I am going to do this show. Yeah. Um, so I committed to it, went there. Um, and um, that was, oh, it, it's bittersweet because I am very happy that I went and very happy that I got to showcase myself. But the, the, five to six days leading up I was actually pretty unwell so as soon as I stepped off of the plane from Vegas uh well to Vegas um I was like it's weird I I explained it like on my Instagram but it was almost like I was hungover I stepped off the plane and I thought my goodness I might just pass out um and a lot of people have said like I could be nervous it could be anything but speak to me for a moment and you'll realize that it's not nervous um it's it's literally just I don't know what it was it could have been bad food it could have been like anything but I was not all there I was like holding on to my partner for dear life being like just walk me through the airport and we'll get to the hotel and I will just like I don't know what I'll fix it mm-hmm. um and I was like white as a sheet and I was not all there but um it went through that for, like the all the way through like even after the show I was just not right I couldn't eat I couldn't drink wow. um so pre- the peak was rough yeah. uh, I think I peaked on bananas and Gatorade uh and um that was that was something else yeah that was uh that was just far from the complete opposite of what I had planned like my little scientific plan of like exactly how to peak like I did in the UK and like just little tweaks I wanted to make that would have really made it better not an option could not get food in me could not really drink um so it was just a case of like make do with the situation you've been given and adapt to that so um, I did also buy like a bunch of like sweets that would dissolve that I didn't really have to digest yeah. um, and just made adaptations where I could have had to change my posing because like I couldn't control my gut. Like it was like almost distended. It was oh anything that you could predict to be like really inconvenient for like yeah. a world stage. It was that um, <laughs> So that happened. But I hate, hate to make excuses. So I was like, that's fine. We deal with it. We just yeah. get the tan on, yeah. change your posing. Don't flex your abs down. Just like mm. hit what would be a vacuum, but just looks like flexing your abs now. Yeah. Um, so like make do with that. You look a little bit like not full, but also a little bit watery. Like you just make the most of it. Just enjoy your time. Um, so I went in there, like knowing that that was what my physique was looking like and just kind of like took a look at around the room. Um, and uh, <laughs> th- this probably there's a lot about my ego but like I looked around the room when people were pumping up um and everything and I was like yeah yeah I got this um that's really bad but that yeah. confidence just carried me through I was like yeah yeah, yeah. it's just a female <laughs> bodybuilders um that's great and it, it was really nice to have like a um a woman from the from the UK team as well because like just having her there was like it made the warm-up room and the, the pump-up room so much more fun because yeah. everyone else was like kind of scowling and I was like we could be friends we are a rare breed let's be friends and they were kind of like doing their own thing they're probably focusing on the fact that they were at Worlds. Uh, and I was sitting talking to Eve um about bodybuilding um and like pumping up and all of that so um shout out to Eve yeah shout out to Eve <laughs> so, um, 
So talk to me about behind stage. Like, so obviously a lot of people don't get to see behind the scenes of what happens, you know. So before you're going on stage, you're in the pump up area. You know, what was the experience like around there? Was you was you buzzing? Because then that's when you start to see everyone, right? You start to see everyone yeah. finding little touches and preparations. Was you excited? Was nerves kicking yeah. in? You know, you know, or was you thinking, yeah, I'm just ready to rock this now? I was I was very excited because uh, like if you look back at the history of like the shows I've done literally just the Supernaturals and that BMBF one like a couple of years back yeah. I've never actually had anyone to compete against so this was the first time that I had ever been backstage pumping up like as usual just pumping up yeah. uh, but also with other women who were in my class so I was like a little bit sizing them up a little bit like <laughs> hi let's be friends a, yeah. a combination of everything and also like still shoveling sweets down me to like get some kind of food in me um and it was like a combination of everything. It was really good. But I was also like, when are we going on stage? Uh, because it was like, it was relatively early on in times of the lineup of the amateurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, no one knew any of the timing. So we were kind of all in the same boat of being like, do I kind of pump up now? Do I pump up in five minutes? Or do I do I keep pumping up all the way through just to not, not have a pump up? Because I didn't get much of a chance to pump up for the supernaturals because like the timing was like, I was the only one in my class. Mm-hmm. um so I didn't have much time to like wait for other people to to show me where to go so um I'm like I'm not missing my chance to pump up just started pumping up early and just carried it through um also it's fun um so I just kept doing that because it's nothing more fun than being like actually pretty lean and getting a pump so it's like I will make the most of this um and a couple of the other women were like on the other side of the room but it was mainly just me and Eve from like the UK team who were just chatting away um, like talking about like definitely hitting a most muscular together at the pose down. We were like, we have to do it. It's compulsory. Like, I don't care what all the other ladies are doing. We're hitting a most muscular. Nice. Um, and we did. We did. That was that was very nice. That, um, now, you passed the pause, right? That was a, a mixture of different age ranges as well and different oh, yeah. seat types, but they all still came under female bodybuilding, which mm. I think, you know, when I was out in the crowd with the rest of the Team GB, you know, it was really really great to see you know so many women coming together and saying you know what we are female bodybuilding this is it at the world and it was a great showdown you know you, you was moving left right and center they used you to push a lot of the athletes <laughs> i'm telling you that now yeah um, I, when you, you know when you got on the stage and you was all up there and you was all lined up and the lights was on you did you feel like okay yes this is what i've been waiting for i'm here let's yeah. it and maximize it yeah that was literally it like i didn't it was weird because you, when you're posing, you don't know how you size up to the other people. All you can do is show your best, right? Because you don't have a mirror in front of you comparing yourself to other people. So you can only walk out there being like, I am the best. I am the biggest one and you need to look at me. Yes. I am the best physique out here. Um, so it was very fun doing that and kind of showcasing that where possible and like trying to kind of almost like size up the people who were being put next to me, seeing where I was placed like in the center. Um, and kind of like posing, adjusting my posing, depending on who I was next to, uh, only slightly, but just enough. Um, but it was very fun. Yeah, I, I don't think, because I've never had that experience of like posing against other people. Yeah. Um, it was, the yeah, there's nothing like it. I love it. I can see you was in your element, literally was in your element. So, you know, it was really good. And then obviously the show format was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a weird one, whereas everyone went off and then, you know, it was only, was it top five or I think it was top. Yeah, top five five came back to do the routines and stuff like that so yo tell the people how you placed like how did you place at the show yeah I uh I placed third I placed third so they brought the top five out and they got us to do all the routines 
my music cut out of my routine. So I kind of just winged it a little bit, gave him a little bit of a bicep flex, <laughs> waiting for my routine. I was like, do you want another one? I'll give you another one. Um, and then the music started playing again and people were like, just carry on with your routine. I was like, fine, you don't like the bicep flexing. That's okay. I'll carry on with my routine. Did that, um, went off stage and waited for them to kind of deliberate. And then they called us all out, gave all the placings and I placed third. I was, I was quite happy with it. Obviously not as happy as I would have been with first. I will not lie to anybody. I was like, yeah, yeah, third. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> um, but like ultimately the judges are there to, to judge yes right they're the ones who are judging what they deem within the criteria that they set to mm -hmm. be the best female bodybuilder and yeah. ultimately I don't disagree with the, the negative I say negative points the, the thing that they said could have done with work on my physique and um, comparatively to second and first place um, mm -hmm. ultimately all it came down to for me was conditioning they were really happy with um, my physique like in terms of development size symmetry like everything was great other than conditioning and I was like that's fine because I look at it like this like the whole long haul idea again conditioning takes another like six to eight weeks yeah. for everyone else to catch up with me size wise takes years mm -hmm. uh, and I spoke to them like this probably doesn't sound great but I kind of went how did I size up against the pros like size wise yeah where was I and they straight up turned around and said well actually bigger um and I was like that's all I need to hear that's all I need to hear because you won't catch up yeah, yeah. Um, all it takes for me is to do another like intermediate kind of period now and then next year yeah, that's yeah. it that's yeah. it um wow i've done my little science experiment of a prep now yeah. um and i have the data to back that up so i'm far more equipped to do next year's season uh and be a little bit more lethal i yeah. think well that's i think that's a great thing that you've done is that you got the you obtain the judges feedback as well and that's one of a lot of things that athletes that are not aware of especially new athletes that you can obtain judges feedback every you know every federation would do it in different ways but it's great if there is an opportunity to get that you know critical feedback from the guys that are at the judging table please do so because it will help you yeah. put you in a better position for the next time you compete and you know Sometimes it makes a difference of where you compete in. So sometimes you may compete in the UK, compete worldwide. Everyone's looking for different things. So make sure that you understand what is required of you, depending on what stage you're stepping on. So obviously later you got some great news in terms of that they said that you got a pro size, so you're all good. You yeah, got, yeah, no complaint. Got it documented. So I'm looking forward to seeing when you next touch on stage. So what are the future oh, yeah. plans for yourself? You know, where next? When next? So when next? I'm gonna straight up say that next year I will compete. Um, I'm taking these couple months to eat up uh, so that I'm in a really good position to diet down again for next year's, next year's comps. Um, I will very likely be hitting a couple comps next year. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to say where or when, uh, but, but from kind of like summertime next year onwards through to like the end of the year, really, um, I'm going to be hitting a couple comps. Um, and I think it will be all female bodybuilding classes. Absolutely. That's not a question. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think because I know that a lot of different feds, like you said, like what, what feedback you get back from the judges kind of decides where you compete in terms of like, whether you go to the UK, whether you go international, what feds you go with even. Yeah. Um, and, um, for me personally, that doesn't probably naively, uh, that doesn't change for me where I go, because I have an idea of what I want to showcase as female bodybuilding and what I want to push forwards as female bodybuilding. And I ultimately try to shape my physique into that to showcase that and give judges the opportunity to rank that and reward that as they see fit. So mm -hmm. that for me is kind of like the, the, like a litmus test of like, how do you view this physique without even looking at the criteria? Cause like the criteria can be quite like subjective. Um, 
So it's like I will compete with different feds or different regions, et cetera, depending on like what fits best for my schedule of when I will be at my best. Yeah. Um, and then whether they kind of support that kind of physique or not, or want to push for certain different things in, in that class or not, will kind of dictate where I place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have an idea of what I want to push for natural female bodybuilding, and uh, I will show it to everyone who wants to see. Right. You sound like a woman that is on a, an extreme <laughs> mission, and I'm looking forward to following the <laughs> journey. Seriously, female bodybuilding, Can't that get behind us. Um, and Layla's definitely at the forefront of this, you know, especially from the natural side of things. And, and I love to hear that because I think, you know, a lot of other women hearing this will feel empowered, even if they kind of like was umming and ahhing about female bodybuilding. But to hear someone else's story like yours from the beginning and how where you are now and, you know, your 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 approach to, you know, you getting to where you need to go and reaching that end goal, it's, it's super motivating to hear. So, yeah, man, I'm looking Thank forward you. to seeing you when you next jump on stage. And hopefully you'll grace back a WMBF UK show oh, yes. as well, right? Yes, you got without a, a doubt. We definitely Without got a, doubt. Off a few more females in there for you and uh, get you a real little battle on a UK stage because that would definitely be the one to see 100%. But as I said to you, Absolutely. at the world, it was amazing to see you just rock that stage and really give, you know, those ladies a run for their monies on that stage. So, yeah, man. But Leila, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on the show. Actually, I've got one more question to actually ask you. What advice, yeah. what three things would you give any newbies um, about, you know, considering getting into, you know, competing, you know, what would be your three big things that you would say to them that they should, should do? Advice? That's a tough one. Three different things. I'm going to say, um, th- this one's a combined one. So this counts as one. This is either get a coach to educate you or educate yourself about as much as you can physically cope with, because the more you understand the better direction you can take, like the more information you have, the better equipped you want to deal with anything and everything. That's like food, training, class-wise, fed-wise. Just like go out and seek knowledge. That's that's the one most important thing, whether that be a coach or yourself. Um, I think the second thing is make the choices for yourself. Please don't just listen to everybody around you, what the norm is, what like you feel like most people are into. Like go out and like you're already trying to educate yourself. Pick for you what fits you. Like. I would never look like a good bikini girl, let's be real. Uh, but I want to be a female bodybuilder, regardless of what my physique looks like. But like, I have the knowledge now, like my physique fits that. And I choose to, to be a female bodybuilder. Like that, that is like my own decision. And it makes it so much easier to stick to and like push forwards with because I want it. Um, then I think the third one is just, oh, wow, that's a, that's a hard one. I feel like those two, two ones kind of encompass it. I'm not struggling to... <laughs> find like to fit things into three i'm struggling to find more like once you've got those two down it's like that's a lot um i think your environment focus on your environment that's a big one um those around you and like the places you put yourselves in like that reflects back on you and how you treat yourself as an athlete like i always say to people like do you want to be an elite level athlete like treat yourself like one like put yourself in a gym that treats you like one put yourself around people that respect that and support that like if you need an early night your friends should respect that and be like that's okay you're working towards your goals like I'll see you another day um so your environment is huge love that love that I that was spot on that is that those golden nuggets is exactly what I was looking for you to drop there so guys please take note of what Leila's just said because they are some golden gems there 
But Leila, thank you so much for being on today's show. It's been a blast and I'm sure we'll get you back on for another chat because we want to try and get a round table with a few more females as well, okay? So yes, lovely being on the show. And guys, remember, I want to say a massive shout out to our sponsors, CMP Nutrition. And just remember that we have our first time a show coming up on the 17th of July in 2022. And then we've got the big Supernaturals Open Championship on the 9th of October. Okay, so we've got two shows in 2022. And later would obviously be rocking up on, um, you know, Supernaturals one. Yeah, no pressure. Absolutely. Guaranteed. <laughs> join in absolutely do it it's gonna be a blast guys so yes again that's another episode from us at wmbf uk and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next one peace out <laughs>